Hello, good people. Welcome to The Chris Stefanik Show, the show that helps you find the joy that God made you for in the midst of everyday life. Don't miss us every week as we dive into real issues with real people and answer real questions. God bless you. Welcome, my brothers and sisters. It's from Ephesians chapter 6, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done it all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. I love this. At the end of Ephesians, where Paul is just summing up how to live the Christian life, he lands really strong on, oh, by the way, this is actually a battle against the evil one. <laughs> and this isn't just for people who are in exorcism ministry. This is the, the everyday life of Christians. We are in a spiritual battle. And here to talk about that today, dear uh, friend, we're honored to have Father Chad Ripperger, and thank you. We're honored to have you with us. Father Ripperger, thanks again for, for being with us. Thanks for having me, Chris. Honored and blessed to have you. Uh, before we dive into the topic today, I want to mm -hmm. let everybody know about some books you've written. Okay. Just short, easy read books, mostly <laughs> yeah. pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Very few, actually. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no pictures. We have Dominion. Tell us about this and how to get it. Uh, so basically, Dominion was a book. Um, it's I've written it for the lay people, but it's basically about the structure of the spiritual battle. So okay. if you want to understand, um, you know, how demons function, how they attack us, um, things that you can do in order to do that combat, it's in the book. Great. So we're going to crack into a little of this today, mm -hmm. but you know, we have thirty minutes, and this is uh, obviously way more thorough. Okay, and then right. this one. That is actually a more extensive book. It's diabolical actually diabolical influence. Yeah, diabolical influence. So it's uh, the full title on that is <clears throat> the nature and psychology of diabolical influence. This is actually written for priests, but specifically for exorcists. It's a manual for exorcists, basically, um, and so it ha contains a lot more information than's in the lay people's book. Primarily, it's for the training of exorcists. Okay. And we also do sell it to um, psychologists, healthcare professionals who are working in this area. Okay, so it's kind of like a, like a DSM for a demonic Come. battle. Yeah, it's, yeah, of a sort. Yeah, and why don't you want the average lay guy getting a hold of that one? <laughs> uh, well, we call it the CSI effect, which yeah. is basically, um, so the police complain that people watch CSI, and then when they commit the crimes, they enact what they saw in CSI to try and cover their crimes, and so that's, so we call it the CSI effect, which is basically they'll read the book and then come in and mimic uh, what we see there okay. when we really need, because the real goal in this ministry is to get to the truth, whether it's, you're, you know, it's not, because sometimes people just want their problem to be diabolical so they don't have to deal with, you know, they think that I'm just going to wave my wand and then they're not going to have to deal with their problems. Mm. When in point in fact, what our real goal is to get to the truth of the matter, what is exactly the problem, what is the degree of diabolic influence, if there is any, and so it's the truth that's more important, and so we just don't want that to influence people's presentation themselves in an authentic and a transparent manner. Mm. Okay, beautiful. Yes, yeah, so you don't want your teenage kid reading that one and yeah, no. imitating things that they saw. Okay. Right. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about spiritual combat. Sure. Five levels of spiritual combat. Uh, two of them is uh, almost none of us experience, right? That's and correct. And three of them are, are, are fairly common. That's right. But uh, we often reduce them to just the human and natural experience. But uh, you have a, a, correct. a vantage point that shows they're, they're certainly not purely uh, just a human experience. experience right. uh, what, what are the five levels? And let's... Um, 
So the first would be it's just be uh, um, well. There's actually there's technically there's six, but there's okay. the the ones that people are going to most likely to experience. So the first one is um, uh, ordinary temptation. That's what we all suffer. Okay. Once Adam and Eve ate the fruit because they used their bodies to commit the sin, as a result that ceded dominion of the um, of Satan and the and the demons to influence us on a bodily level. So that includes any of our faculties or any aspect of our body, God permitting. Mm -hmm. So that's why they can affect us emotionally, they can put things into our imagination. And so those are the primary ways that temptations occur. And all of us are subject to those temptations. And I, I love how you worded that. And there's so much we could dive into here, my gosh. But it, it, it seated dominion. Yeah. Uh, some people think, well, they just made a, a little mistake. No, this was a battle between heaven and hell, hell is what happened. That's right, yeah. And Sometimes we, we, we reduce temptation to the purely natural level. And, and some right. of it is, uh, you know, a, a teenage kid's going to struggle with certain things because of human evolution and the, the need to, to Correct. So how do you distinguish between the, the natural and the supernatural? Natural. Where's the overlap in, in uh, well, regular everyday temptation? Yeah, I think that, well, obviously temptations come, as they always said, from the world, the flesh, and the devil. So, yeah. you know, so it can just be... Um, but a lot of times, if it comes from the devil, it doesn't necessarily have any corresponding thing externally. Mm. Um, also, the demons will very often tempt us with stuff that's not our normal difficulties, which would normally arise from the flesh. So they can cause you to have temptations in areas that aren't even your issues, right? Oh my gosh. That by natural disposition, we have issues. Each one of us has to develop virtue in specific areas to overcome those things. So some people who are sanguine are going to have to develop more temperance or more chastity or say than someone who's cleric. Right. So, um, but the, the ultimate way that you're really going to um, know is... Um, that, that it's actually really a spiritual thing is there's usually three things I usually recommend to people is prayer, just pray against it. And if you notice it, it shuts off or it, it gets better. Um, so don't just try to muscle your way through the yeah. temptation. Uh, because there's often an element that's demonic, you should also just, what does a prayer against temptation look like? So it can just, it can be something as simply as just turning to our, our Lord and Our Lady and asking them for help. But it can also mm -hmm. be um, actually what we call a binding prayer. A lot of, um, uh, Catholics are misinformed thinking that it actually came from the Protestants. It's true that the Protestants do talk about binding prayers, but in point in fact, it actually, the binding of demons is through the entire history of the church. It's in all its mm. rituals, etc. So, um, What does that sound like? Um, so you just, yeah, so if you pray, you just say um, uh, uh, any spirit of, and then you name the behavior. So if it's temptation mm. against lust. So any spirit of lust, I bind you in the name of Jesus by the power of the precious blood, by the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and I command you to go to the foot of the cross to receive your sentence. Boom! So, yeah, that's it. I love the power. Yeah, so it's there's it, a power that we overlook that God gave us as average Christians. Exactly, that's and so awesome. Well, and even Christ said, "By my name, you'll cast out demons." So it's just invoking His name can have that effect of blocking them. Or so. So if you find that in the temptations, if you just just use you know invoke Christ's name and rebuke the demon, and you notice it just stops, well then that tells you that it's it's huh. there's a spiritual there's a diabolic component to it. Whereas if it wow. just kind of continues, then that's probably more of a sign that it's it's more natural on a natural level. That's actually the primary way that we actually do diagnostics, right? Wow. Because if a problem is psychological or natural, the prayers aren't going to have hardly any effect. Whereas if it's diabolic, you're going to see a shift. There's a very set of patterns you're going to see, but you'll see a shift. Wow. Archbishop Aquila told me he, there's certain temptations that he, and by the way, thank you, Archbishop, for allowing me to have this interview. Yes. I had to ask for special permission because like, <laughs> everybody wants to interview an exorcist and like, it's not, they don't want to be rock stars. Um, 
But he, he said this one beautiful prayer. He said, I just cover that temptation in the blood of Jesus. Yes. Just call the blood of Jesus down on particular temptations. Yeah. It takes two seconds. and then, The know. prayer of consecration, which we talked about earlier, I've also, yeah. I'll, I'll tell people, consecrate that area of your, of your, the temptation or that area of your spiritual life. And a lot of times that'll shut it off as well. Perfect. Praise God. Helpful. Uh, okay, so the two areas of combat that, that we talked about in the last episode. Yes. That we don't need to really cover now. It's possession, that, which is... Yes. 0.5% of people, you said, who come yeah, thinking they're possessed rare. or possessed. Yeah. Uh, one you mentioned in a great talk on YouTube about spiritual combat. You should look this talk up, uh, Father Ripperger, on, on spiritual combat is, uh, is physical abuse from a demon. Yeah. Which is really rare, too. That's right. Uh, some exorcists call it vexation. That's what the Italians call it, is vexation. The problem is the term vexation historically had a very broad meaning of any attack whatsoever. Okay. Um, so the, a lot of the exorcists, uh, for example, Father Amorth, who is considered kind of like the father of modern exorcism, he, he labeled it by the Latin term, which is dolor, which is pain, that they, they afflict mm. pain on people. Mm. That's very rare. It's usually, it's the prerogative of saints. Yeah. If you're, if you're Padre Pio, it might happen. Exactly. So. People we, don't have to worry about we, that. We don't have to worry about that here in the studio today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. But then there's other, there are two others that we, we experience in our, yeah. in our everyday life. Uh, and those are oppression and obsession. Okay, let's dive into what those are. How do, how do we deal? Um, well, let's do with oppression first because we kind of dealt with a little bit with obsession, sorry, first, because it deals with the same faculties that temptation does. So Obsession. Obsession. So obsession is basically um, an attack on the psychological faculties, but it's much stronger than mm. just ordinary temptation. Okay. All of us suffer ordinary temptation. The number of people that have diabolic obsession is, you know, just a percentage of the people that are going to, all of us are going to suffer temptation. Oppression is, uh, obsession, sorry, is much less. And this is a very... Both oppression and obsession are much less? Yeah, they are. What, so, what percent of the average Christian you think is suffering from oppression or obsession? Um, well, it's kind of funny because I tend to think it's a little bit higher than some exorcists, although I've talked to numerous exorcists and we all tend to generally agree that the number of people, because our... our our world has gone, become so sinful, and um, especially in the area of oppression, there's a specific reason why we're seeing an up-ramp in that, but um, in relationship to obsession, we're actually seeing uh, an, an increase over the last even 20 years, there's been an increase. So our general um, estimate is probably somewhere between 15 and 20% of the adult population, maybe a little bit higher, high. is diabolically obsessed. And it's interesting because just about the time we kind of concluded on that percentage, they came out with a, um, a study done in psychology that indicated that people between the ages of 18 and 22, 25% um, of them have either seen a psychologist or are currently seeing a psychologist. Wow. So the percentages are, or, or on psychotropic oh, yeah. drugs. So it's, there's, uh, there's, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that all psychological problems are diabolic. It just means that they can attack our psychological faculties yeah. in and such exacerbate. a way. And exacerbate it and make mm -hmm. it feel. And so, um, and the oppression has, uh, obsession has a very, a diabolic obsession has a very distinctive difference from um, psychological obsession. If someone's psychologically obsessed, it's usually because there's been a series of events in their lives or they've done things that have caused a series of mental habits and they've gotten into a bad situation. Mm -hmm. And it tends to be very constant. It'll slowly degrade, but it tends to be very constant. And does that, that means the same thing I would, in secular terms, say obsession, like I, I just can't stop fixating on this dysfunctional exactly. cycle. That's right. Okay. And so psychological obsession is that exactly that. Mm -hmm. Whereas diabolic obsession, they do experience that, but it tends to be different in the sense that it's not consistent. It'll turn on and turns off. Mm. A common experience um, many priests will see is people will come to confession and they'll confess a sin. And then um, usually in the area of the sixth commandment, 
they've gone a little while, but then they fell. Lust, yeah. yeah, with less, they've fell, they've fallen, and then they go to confession and they say, well, it feels like it lifted, they'll feel this kind of experience. And then it, 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 they go for a few days, like maybe in a couple of weeks or even longer, and then it just kind of sets back in real strong. And that, and so you, that kind of pattern, you see that's what, that's more of a oh. kind of a diabolical, whereas if it was a psychological thing, it would have some external stimulus, it would mm -hmm. also um, not respond to going to confession very much. It's not going to respond to prayer. It's wow. not going to respond to other things. And it's going to be much more consistent. So, wow. uh, but diabolic obsession is becoming more commonplace. Primarily, we're seeing it is because of uh, pornography, is where we're seeing the uptick in as there's a result the, of that. There's the natural and the spiritual going hand in hand yeah, there. That's right. And uh, to add to your statistic about young people, 2016 <coughs> was the first year that Gen Z went into college over half self-described as below average in mental health. Yes. And those numbers are not purely uh, all because of neurological imbalances. I mean, that's No, that's, that's correct. high. Yeah. Um, do you recommend binding prayers for obsession? Is it the same kind of response, or does it, it need is. to have a next level response? Uh, you can use it. If, if you say some binding prayers, and then you notice it kind of shuts off for a little while, but then it comes back, mm -hmm. well, then that tells you that, that you're going to have to do a little, little bit more. One of the things that we developed, um, when we were in o Oklahoma and when we came to the Archdiocese of Denver at, uh, by uh, the graciousness of Archbishop Aquila, when we came here, I told the priest, I said, we can't maintain this vetting process because we were, we were spending, we were, the priests were vetting over 600 people or contacts um, a year at the time and now we're up to about th two to 3,000 that we vet to the people to contact see if they should come to you. They see if they should come to And so I just said, we can't maintain this. We have to have put in some place. So we'd started this, this um, uh, protocol. We call it a protocol, but it's basically the, the name of the place is called, you can go online and see some of it. It's called Liber Christo. And Liber Christo. Liber Christo, which basically means free man in Christ. So it's... That's the, that's the goal. That's the goal, exactly. Yeah. So um, but what we did is we developed, and what we found with um, diabolic obsession is mm. that 90% of the people didn't need to see an exorcist. What we noticed is it was a consistent pattern of just a basic elementary lack of discipline in their spiritual life. Wow. Not praying on a regular basis and not doing certain things on a regular basis. Wow. They might be going to confession and going to mass on, you know, on Sundays and holy days, et cetera, but they're not, they're not consistently praying. So what we do is we put them on a protocol, which is with obsession, we say, get up every morning, do the Angelus, noon six and six, and say the prayers of the Arxion Christian Norm, noon six and six. Just do, and then cut out. We also found if they cut out, do a little bit of media fasting where they're cutting mm -hmm. out, you know, looking at their te their phone a lot and all that. But if we if they just do that, just gain a certain elementary discipline, almost all the cases of obsession don't even need to see a priest to do the prayers. It'll just slowly lift. And, I, I got it. I mean, I I almost want I mean, to encourage our viewers re-listen to this in slow motion, because there's little things being said yeah. that you m might miss or breeze over. An exorcist just said one of the things he does is tell you to look at your phone less. Yes. And just scroll on your phone less and pay attention to that. I mean, yeah. the, that's literally a foothold for the evil one. It is because, well, it all, it, 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 there's a philosopher by the name of Vogelin who said every time we use technology, we get a pleasure out of it, which is true. We actually know that from modern brain studies. Yeah. We get a dopamine uptake. So what we, and he says, as a result, you need to do some type of penance to counteract the pleasure that you're getting out of these things. Otherwise, you're just going to end up in spiritual dissipation. And mm -hmm. so he was the one who kind of noticed that at first, but we've really seen it in relationship to the phone. People have to be really disciplined in relationship to it. And, and all those little things, lack of discipline, lack of temperance, lack of basic human virtues creates footholds. That's right. That's how the demons get, and they use it against us. And then um, in the cases of obsession, it's usually something they've kind of, driven in the person for a while. 
So once they start this spiritual discipline um, of doing the Angelus Noon 6 and 6 and the Exilium Christian Order prayers, we found that, like I said, 90% of them don't even need to see a priest for prayers. There's some of them where the oppression is strong enough to where they do need to see a priest yeah. to, to kind of give them that last... Finding um, prayers? And... Yeah, well, or just a minor exorcism a couple of few times just to kind of get them over the hump, okay. and then they're fine. Um, so uh, they don't necessarily need to see a priest. Um, so I don't look. At, I don't see too many cases of of, of obsession. Um, usually, the people that I will see are either possessed or people who um, have under a temporary attack, and we just need to need to clear it out. So those are usually the okay. people I see. Okay. And by the way, I want to I want to give a shout out to my son Joey, who uh, he willfully got rid of his phone. He's a teenage kid. He's like. Yeah, I'm not happy with my phone. Yeah, he's got his watch so he can communicate or call him, but he can't scroll around because it's it it just he could feel it takes the, over. Yeah, there's a freedom you experience by putting the thing aside. For yeah, me. I gotta I gotta get to that place where I can follow my son's example. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, temptation, obsession, oppression. oppression. What's oppression. that look like? Okay, so How do you overcome it? So obsession is actually an attack on the interior faculties, where oppression is an mm -hmm. attack on the outside. It's on our externals. Okay. So this will be things like our job situation or our workplace. Um, they'll attack people, your relationships. You see this a lot with in marriages. So they'll attack the relationships. They can attack people's health. Um, they so can, sometimes someone has health problems that can be a demonic attack. Or yeah, financial uh, problems that can be demonic. Yeah, so for, yeah, they're financial problems. No. So it's it's from the outside. Yeah. So with and you know, by the way, I'm not suggesting that you know if you have a health issue, you normally go to a doctor first. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to normally respond to medication, but once in a while, you get stuff that doesn't respond. And so um, we also with people of oppression, we actually put them on the same protocol we do with obsession. And we have found that it actually uh, will cause a significant lifting wow. over the course of time. It's a kind of a slow climb out. The primary thing that we discovered is the most effective thing against oppression is that consecration, which you mentioned earlier. Really? Consecrating the very specific thing, yet the more specific it is, the more effective it seems to be. So wow. consecrating, like if they're attacking your finances. So there was a doctor who's a benefactor of ours, very good Catholic man. Um, one day he calls me and says, you know, I, he's, he said, nobody has paid their bills. We can't get people to pay their bills. No one's paid. We have had no money coming in in over a month. And we said, there, you know, there's something, this is just not normal. Wow. So I said, well, here's it. Consecrate the, the, the inflows of your finances to Our Lady. He did. He called me back a week later. He says, you're not going to believe it. Everybody settled up within a week. Incredible. So, no, I, and I've, I've noticed similar differences in my life from that specific yeah. prayer. Because uh, it's, it's hard with, as an average Christian going through life. You know, you, you don't know if it's like, is this a regular sickness or is it, uh, mm -hmm. maybe it's my time to go and that's why I'm not getting better. Or, <laughs> right. or maybe there's a demonic influence that the Lord wants right. me to push back on and experience victory. Right. Uh, but it's not like these prayers take that much time. No, <laughs> you know, they so normally like, don't. You'll why see, not just pray them? You'll, yeah, it, that's <laughs> it. My, and two, you know, as an exorcist, because you get attacked quite a bit, I just, yeah. any, anything, I'm just, I'll, 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 I'll put it in there and then if it if it has an effect, it has an effect and then I, otherwise I know it's, it's uh yeah. It's kind of a, it's not a natural problem. I mean, we've even, uh, there was one time this one nun, she said she had this one sickness. She was like a flu. She was not getting better. She tried everything like that. So I just did a minor exorcism over her, and she said halfway through the first prayer, she felt the whole thing lift. Wow. So, I'm, wow. and I'm not suggesting everybody, like I said, their illnesses are, but sometimes they wow. do kind of, they can, they can basically mimic or cause every form of physical or psychological illness. It doesn't mean that even the majority of them are diabolically caused. 
it just means that they can do that. And so right. people need to so be So why not say a little prayer? You know, like, yeah, exactly. like, and, I, and I'm, again, I'll put that prayer in the show notes. We mentioned it in the last episode where you, you consecrate right. yourself to Our Lady and say these external yeah. goods that God has given me by virtue of natural law, yeah. I give to you, Mary, to, to keep them safe from the evil Yeah, one. and even if it's from a natural cause of giving that to Our Lady, it's still a good thing. Yeah, can't go wrong. Exactly. I mean, and I love your, um, there's, a, there's a part of your charism and personality I think God communicates through mm-hmm. that lowers the, uh, the, 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 the fear yeah, of like, fact. yeah, yeah that if I, if I start going there, am I crazy? Am I seeing the devil under every, every rock? Right. And it's like, well, no, he is actually probably under a rock, but that's fine. <laughs> Who cares? Well, my joke we'll is, is he's life. under every other rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, he's, yeah, and I think the thing is, is that, it, well, St. Peter himself says, be vigilant and watchful. So yeah. we watch. If we see it, then we deal with it. If we don't, we don't pay attention to it. And even when you see it, I don't think you. you how do you? How do you avoid obsessing on the presence of the evil one, yourself? Uh, well, part of it is I'm just so busy with other stuff. I just don't have time. <laughs> there you go. But um, no, part of it is it goes back to that normalcy of life. They want you yeah. obsessed because then that's not normal, right? Yeah. And so that's why I just uh, took Saint Peter's uh, words to heart. I watch, and if, if I see something that I notice, okay, there's the pattern that you would see if something's diabolic, right. then I'll address it. Otherwise, I don't. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and I, um, I mean, I, can, I, I, I do, you do start to pick up on it while you're watching, right? You we're ta- we were yeah. talking about this in the, in the break, that there's actually, you're following the Lord for a long time, you see certain patterns, you start to pick up on the fact that almost like, oh, there's actually something assigned to tail me. Yeah. And I won't even give the dignity of calling it someone. Right. Uh, you know, it's it's just kind of more annoying than anything. It is, and, yeah. And you just learn to, you know, focus on the Lord and be normal. You can see why Teresa of Avila, when Satan appeared above her, was floating above her, she's like, oh, you again. Yeah, yeah, you know? like I've been dealing yeah. with you for a long time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and I've heard a, a, a John Vianney story similar. The devil's at the foot of his bed. Yeah. Ah, it's just you. I think one of the things, too, that can be helpful, too, within relationship to people as far as, you know, keeping themselves protected against oppression and obsession is just leading a normal Catholic life. This is actually true even in possession or any form of diabolic influence. Leading a normal Catholic life, well, what does that look like? Getting to Mass every Sunday on Holy Days of Obligations, getting to confession, never committing mortal sin, staying in the state of grace, mm. doing prayers, um, you know, developing the normal Catholic devotions, um, but a consistent prayer life and following the Church's rules on fasting and things like that, doing those things, just leading a normal Catholic life. If you do that, your odds of becoming diabolically influenced in an extraordinary way, you're still going to get some temptations because that's just all part of the God's providential plan, but you're not going to, your odds of getting extraordinary diabolically t- um, attacked is rare, very rare. Mm. I, I really, I love the, the, the answer. Come back to the, the basics. Exactly. Just be serious about the basics because you're that's in a spiritual right. war. Uh, you, do you see particular trends among teen behavior that is, it's often chalked up to just psychological experiences, but from your point of view, you're saying, no, that's majority of the time something spiritual. We uh, you have mentioned a trend with cutting. Before. Cutting, yeah. There's two areas that we that I've personally seen. It. There are other exorcists might be able to speak to um, other aspects of their experience. Because exorcist's experience, even though it's all within a certain kind of gamut, it, the, the, it's, demons are the opposite of God. God is very simple, whereas demons are very complex. So, you know, depends on whether you get the tail of the elephant or the trunk, you know, de- determines mm-hmm. what your experience is going to be. So a lot of times uh, ex- exorcists will have a slightly different experience. But that being said, mm-hmm. what we have found out is, is that, or at least in my experiences, is that doing minor exorcisms over people that cut just a few times will usually clear it out. They just, they just stop. They just stop. In fact, in most cases, especially with women, you do it once and it's over. 
But wow. But they don't. Again, they don't necessarily have to have a priest to help them do that. Just doing that protocol or just wow. getting some spiritual discipline itself will cause a lot of that to stop, because it, it tends to find it tends to follow the patterns of diabolic obsession. Wow. Um, the other area that we've seen in, is in um, certain kinds of eating disorders like bulimia and anorexia. So especially bulimia, we have found that if you do the exorcisms, minor exorcisms over people with bulimia, almost always the uh, binging and purging stops, almost immediately. What? Whoa. So it's, um, it doesn't mean that they still don't have psychological yeah, issues that yeah. they have to process, but the more extreme parts of that just tend to stop. Wow. And so we found that happens. And I'm not suggesting if you have yeah. that problem, you just automatically go to a priest. But I'm just saying that we have noticed that consistent pattern, or at least that I have, that if I've prayed over women who had those particular issues, that it tends to clear up. Again, wow. even those can be cleared up by just following our protocol, you know, spiritual discipline, doing those things, will eventually help it to clear out. What does someone do? They're, they're listening right now thinking, my kid's cutting, uh, you get 3,000 requests a year. Uh, yeah. Who do I go to? What the heck do I do? <laughs> yeah, I actually have a, what we call a case facilitator, so they can't really contact me directly anyway, you know, unless yeah. they're um, someone like you who I've known for a while, you know, yeah. obviously you can yeah. just call me. But um, but if the uh, but basically what it boils down to is is that we um, they can contact us at um, Delorens, D-O-L-O-R-A-N-S dot org, and we can put them in the direction. But what we usually tell them is you need to really go talk to your pastor first. Yeah. Because he's going to be, and especially like in the diocese of um, of Denver, archdiocese of Denver, a lot of the priests actually understand this work to some degree, okay. and so they're able to help you at least to begin the initial process. So some some prayers with your local parish priest, even if it's not Father Chad Ripperger. That's right. Th this can they, they have that that authority. That's right. In fact, you don't need to be an exorcist to help people in these areas. In fact, with oppression obsession, you don't even really need to see an exorcist in most cases. Okay. You know, unless maybe there's a curse that's connected to it, and that's extraordinarily rare. You can maybe go to your parish priest and say, hey. Pray the prayer on page 54. <laughs> Just read it, dude. <laughs> okay. yeah. Was there like a, something that simple? Because a lot of priests are like, I, well, in, to fact, me. I in know. fact, that's they can actually contact us as okay. well. You're, you're um, there to help priests as a yeah, resource. We, in, fa okay. in fact, what we usually try and do, there's a, there's a very specific reason why we try and get people in contact with their local pastor. The first is, is that he's more likely to know them and be able to help them more on a concrete basis. And also because, avail I, you know, we're just a limited resource as exorcists because there's so much of a demand and so much mm. stuff that we have to deal with. But also what we've found is, is that by putting people in contact with their local pastor and by working with it, it also solidifies their relationship with their parish, local parish church, so that mm. once they are liberated, they're more likely to continue that relationship. Beautiful. Uh, the, the motto of the, of the Green Berets is, is to liberate the oppressed. Mm. And yeah. uh, I'm just really grateful for that, that mission that God's entrusted to you. Mm -hmm. you know, thanks for being a spiritual warrior and for, for being driven by uh, the, the joy of liberating the oppressed. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I'm kind of one of these guys that it's, it's like standing in a field, someone hand me a gun and I, I get shot at, so I have to shoot back, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not necessarily my chosen work. Yeah, yeah. I'm not more probably of an academic, but I do think this is where God wants me to work. Praise God, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful yeah. for your time today too. And brothers and sisters, thanks for watching. Listen, lean into the basic stuff of ordinary spiritual life. Because this isn't just about you becoming a better person, this is about winning in a spiritual battlefield forever. God love you. Man, wasn't that great? Listen, if you don't want to be happy, be sure not to subscribe. But if you want a more joyful life, 
the kind of life that God created you for, the kind of life Jesus promised when he said, I came to give you life to the full, then make sure you hit subscribe and share this channel with everybody you know.